Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Roughing the Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Cody Krause, here with my wonderful co-host, Devin Stillwell. Devin, how are we this morning? Or evening, I guess? Depending on when you listen to it, I am great. We have a lot to talk about, Cody. Yes, yes, we do. This is our March Madness episode, where we will give you a full game-by-game breakdown of the entire March Madness bracket and give you our eventual winner by the end of the episode. Really looking forward to it. Yeah, it has nothing to do with football. You know what? We said screw it. We're going to go with it. It's the time of the year. It's perfect timing. So get ready. You got a long episode ahead. No. As 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 much as we maybe would think it would be an interesting episode to talk about March Madness, we were going to stick to what we're moderately okay at and talk football. We have the NFC East team profiles today, but as Devin hinted to on the start, a lot of news this week with perhaps the biggest news, no mercy Mitch, new quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, look, I understand what people are thinking. They're going to give Pittsburgh a lot of crap about it. I mean, is, is Mitch Trubisky as bad as people think? I don't think so. I think he's better than Mason Rudolph. I think he's an upgrade. I don't think that he is a franchise quarterback in any way, shape, or form. But can he get us through this year? Yeah, probably. Um, I, I mean, yeah. They're, the Pittsburgh Steelers are not done either getting another quarterback in free agency like Marcus Mariota or somebody like that. They're not done with that. I could easily see them drafting Kenny Pickett or Malik Willis or even um, Matt Corral if they fall to them at 20 in the draft. I don't think they'll trade up for a quarterback uh, prior to Mitch Trubisky. I thought there was the potential that they could swap with L.A. at pick 17 to leapfrog leapfrog, uh, the Saints there. But I don't think they'll do that anymore. Um, They could even go with a defensive guy in the first round and then swing back around in the second round and get Carson Strong or Sam Howell or Desmond Ritter if he's still there. So there's there's a lot of options. They're not done. Mitch Trubisky will be in a competition to start the season. But it's my firm belief whether or not he wins it, we will see when it comes August. Ladies and gentlemen, I apologize for getting Devin on his Steelers soapbox. But now that that is over with... Perhaps you started the actual, it, Cody. You perhaps started the it. actual biggest news of this week, Tom Brady pulling a wonderful Brett Favre and unretiring after about a month. But but here's the thing. Everybody, everybody knew this was happening. There is not a person in the world who did not see this coming. Tom Brady got bored after 40 days of retirement. There's no possible way he was going to make it to August without talking to the Buccaneers about coming back. There's no way. It wouldn't happen. Tom Brady's back. Everybody knew it. And we're okay with that. Brady is back, strategically timed, announcing the day before free agency starts to make sure that all of his former teammates or, I guess, current teammates knew, hey, I'm back. Let's give it another run. Um, Buccaneers involved in a little bit of news today. We'll talk about that. But, yeah, Brady is back. And, in an NFC that looks weaker compared to the AFC, I mean, I think that Brady yep. puts the Bucks in a position to compete uh, again this year for sure. I would agree with that. Yeah. Um, we've definitely seen the NFC kind of soften up this year, especially when we get into these free agency um, talks about what happened in the last couple of days. Um, but yeah, I would definitely say the AFC at this point is looking stronger for the 2022 season than the NFC is. Right. Um, to put a cap on the biggest news of last week, Rogers, Aaron Rodgers' deal today confirmed to be uh, three years, $150 million, um, which, but that includes this year, so it's actually a two-year, $130-ish million extension. A lot of money for Rodgers, for sure. They moved – they moved the cap around a little bit to help them out in that regard. But um, yeah, I think his cap space that was, I think it was what, like 40 or 45 going into this year. They dropped it down to like 28, I think with this new deal. Yeah. Um, But perhaps the downside news for the Packers is 
Devontae Adams saying he won't play under the franchise tag. He is not going to see the field unless he gets that extension. It would be smart for them to give him that extension, um, especially when it comes to cap space and you are going to get one of the best wide receivers in the country, if not the best wide receiver in the NFL. So suck it up, Green Bay. You did this to yourself by tagging him, so you better get a deal done. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Part of me, no, with if I'm Adams, knowing that Rodgers really doesn't probably have that much time left in Green Bay, um, I don't know. I think I want to make the most of that time because Rodgers is going to make Adams the best version of himself or keep him the best version of himself, but can definitely understand him wanting to get paid and not just slap with that franchise tag. Um, other news, Deshaun Watson cleared of all charges and is back to wanting the criminal play charges. Cleared of all cleared criminal of all, charges. Cleared of all criminal charges. Yes. He still has 22 civil lawsuits against him that are still going through the court process. The NFL still has to do their investigation. They were waiting for the criminal side to clear up before they started to conduct theirs. So we will see. I think personally, either way, he's going to get suspended at least six games. I think it, it could go a lot longer than that, but it, it will be at least six in my opinion. But that kind of uh, brought brought some teams out of hiding. They're not really scared to deal with them anymore. And we have the three top contenders, the Browns, the Saints, and the Panthers, all proposed offers to the Texans that the Texans deemed reasonable, and that allowed them to have conversations with Watson. Uh, I know the Falcons were mentioned as another team to potentially watch, but I think those three are the front runners. Right before recording this, we saw – Baker tweet a heartfelt message to Cleveland, not saying what that he was leaving or anything or that he was going to be that Watson was going to take over, but kind of mentioned wherever I take my next snap. So maybe he knows something we don't, but uh, very likely here that Deshaun Watson will see another team's roster in the near future. And I think Houston's probably going to go after Cleveland's side of this the most, just because a they're out of their division um, and B, they have a viable quarterback to include in that trade. Like, if, I mean, you could trade Baker to the Texans in a package deal for Watson, and I could see Houston jumping on that opportunity because Baker's still a good young quarterback. So we heard earlier in this offseason, Dev, rumors of Carolina hearing offers from McCaffrey. Do you think in any world McCaffrey is involved in that offer from the Panthers? No, (laughs) I really hope not. I don't understand as an organization who is trying to compete as a head coach who's basically on his last straw. He's gone. He's has a negative win percentage in the last two years. And the ownership is like, well, you get one more chance, Matt. So Matt rules probably on his last year unless he can actually turn something around. And I don't understand why you would get rid of your best player on your roster to attempt to do that. I mean, we saw. He had a good replacement last year, but, I mean, it wasn't nearly as productive as Christian McCaffrey was. So I don't understand why you would get rid of him personally. Fair points, fair points. Um, Other news, releases. Jarvis Landry got released. That was kind of a surprise, um, but we'll talk about a partial reason for that here shortly. But Jarvis Landry released, probably the hottest receiver on the market right now, Uh, the Chiefs. Mm -hmm. The Chiefs decided not to negotiate with Tyron Matthew, basically releasing him or letting him walk, kind of. The Packers released Darius Smith to try to deal with their cap issues. The Jaguars making all sorts of moves, but one of them was releasing Miles Jack, their staple linebacker, and the Titans released Jack Rabbit, Janoris Jenkins. Uh, those were the releases, but there was a few pretty blockbuster trades. Devin, why don't you run down those for us? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I can't remember if we talked about Bobby Wagner last week. I think we probably did. I don't remember exactly when that happened, but he was also another release um, recently. I don't remember if we talked about it. But yeah, a couple of trades. We had Carson Wentz traded to the Washington newly named Commanders. Um, Indianapolis gets a second round pick this year, a third round pick this year, and a third round pick next year unless Wentz plays at least 70% of snaps. In that case, it would jump up to a second-round pick. So 
I would say more than likely two second round picks and a third for Carson Wentz. Cody, what do you think about that? Washington. Oh, sorry. Washington also got Carson Wentz and then a 2022 second round pick. Yeah, I mean, I think Washington obviously wasn't content with Taylor Heineke. Um, I mean, we'll talk about them a little bit more in depth here later in the episode, but um, I think they get a pretty reliable quarterback on the field. It's just a matter of can he stay on the field. But, I mean, pair him with Antonio Gibson in that backfield and Terry McLaurin and as a great weapon at wide receiver, potentially one of the better weapons that he's had, maybe the best weapon that he's had as a quarterback. Um, he could look for some success there, and it will be interesting to see then what Indianapolis chooses to do, um, what direction they choose to go at quarterback, because I don't think that, what, Sam Ellinger, I think, is their backup. I don't know that that is the way. In Indianapolis? Yeah, that's, yeah. that's their backup. Mm-hmm. I don't think he is the way. So look for them to make a move either free agent or most likely in the draft to shore up that newly found need. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then another marquee trade that happened was Khalil Mack was traded to the LA chargers. Chicago in this, um, trade receives a 2022 second round pick and a 2023 sixth sixth round pick um and the chargers got khalil mack uh i don't really know what to make out of this i do not believe that chicago understands how trades are supposed to work um because they gave up a bag to get khalil mack a couple of years ago and they're getting some change this year yeah, I mean, it's pretty crazy to me, honestly. You look at the Raiders a few years back, trade away Amari Cooper and Khalil Mack, and now three, four years down the road from that, and both those guys are on teams other than the teams that just trade them for. I think that we gave up, we did give up a, a lot to get we Mack. We gave up a lot to get Khalil Mack. And he was everything that we thought he was going to be. Um, he was the staple of that defense. He got to the point where he was taking double and triple team blocks to free up guys like Robert Quinn to set the Bears sack record this year, Akeem Hicks to make plays while still being a playmaker himself. Getting a little old on the older side, having some injury issues, but I mean, I think he is a key staple that, and this trade kind of indicated to me that, okay, we might be content kind of reevaluating and going into a little bit of a rebuild to try and really structure that team around Justin Fields as best as we can. Um, I know we're setting ourselves up to have a ton of cap space the next couple of years. Really looking forward to that, um, especially in that wide receiver free agent market next year. Oh, baby. But um, this is huge for the Chargers to me. They didn't give up a ton. The Bears get draft capital that they kind of sorely needed, but the Chargers get Khalil Mack. Pair him with Joey Bosa. That is a scary pass rushing duo and pair that with uh, Derwin James and now the newly acquired JC Jackson, which we'll mention here in a minute, but man, that defense is loaded. That offense is already loaded. That division is loaded. Everybody in that division is making moves. Um, It's going to be fun to watch and Cleo Mack just adds to that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, not really a whole lot more to say on that. I I can see how Chicago would perceive this as going into a rebuild. I would just assume that you would want more than a second and a sixth for Khalil Mack. Um, Yeah, that's kind of crazy. I mean, you could have even probably gotten like a fourth rounder if you were to give L.A. a sixth rounder next year, and then at least you're bumping up two rounds. But... Yeah, second and a six just doesn't seem like enough for a playmaker like Khalil Mack, especially when you've got those other guys on defense still. Like, getting rid of him this year doesn't do a whole lot for you in the future. I mean, unless you hit with that second rounder this year or the rare chance that you hit with a sixth round pick next year. But that's all I have to say on the matter. Um, And then the last trade that we have to talk about today, there were a couple other minor ones that happened. I know uh, New England's been trading with some people. They sent over an offensive lineman to the Buccaneers. Shaq Mason, that was 
an underrated trade, in my opinion. Mason has been a very consistent lineman for them. Uh, Shaq reunited with Brady in Tampa. Um, yeah, very good trade uh, for Tampa. I don't know. I haven't heard a return on that yet, so would be interested to know what New England got out of that. But go ahead, Devin, finish your thought. Yeah, and then they also did a little flip-flop with Cleveland. I can't remember the players' names that were involved in that, but I know they did that other trade. It wasn't really a huge one. Um, But Amari Cooper was traded from the Dallas Cowboys to the Cleveland Browns for a fifth-rounder and a sixth-round pick, but they also gave up a sixth-round pick with Cooper. So Browns get Cooper and a sixth, and the Cowboys get a fifth and a sixth. This is another, next to nothing. Another questionable return on investment for the Cowboys. So there. from what from what I've been seeing around the league is that Cooper has had his frustrations with the offense and the team in general, so I think he's been voicing those opinions, and Dallas just didn't really like it, and they wanted to kind of get him out of there. I mean, with C.D. Lamb, and then you're also signing Michael Gallup. I can see why they think they didn't need Cooper, but you got to say, I mean, it's also Amari Cooper, and there's a lot of wide receiver needy teams. Like, what if you waited till right about now to trade him to Atlanta, who is very, very receiver needy and would probably give up more than a fifth and a sixth rounder for him? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, like you said, it kind of indicates the direction that Dallas is going to go with that offense. Obviously, with CD they're being their stud, but then also uh, signing Michael Gallup kind of to be that piece number two along with Dalton Schultz. Um, I mean, that offense still has plenty of weapons. They did lose Cedric Wilson and now Amari Cooper, so we'll probably look to add another wide receiver piece at some point. But, um, yeah, just a questionable return on investment for a guy who, even though he struggles with injuries and, I mean, apparently some off-the-field stuff with the team, but, I mean, he still produces. He's always one of Dak's top red zone targets, if not the top red zone target for him. So, yeah, I mean, an interesting trade overall for sure. Um, the Browns just um, – but you'd like to move as the Browns. Browns are being active, looking at potential Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Watson, Amari Cooper. Um, could be an interesting yeah. combination if that plays out. Absolutely. I agree. And then you got those two running backs back there, Nick Chubb. And man, they are looking scary if they get Deshaun Watson. They actually might be a good team like everybody thought they were going to be for five years now. The AFC, man, it's looking crazy and looking at all these free agencies, free agents that were signed this last couple days that we have on our sheet here. A lot of them are going to the AFC. Yeah, a lot. So I know a lot of you are probably kept up, at least on your teams, but um, we're just going to rapid fire through these first two days of free agencies. I'll comment on a couple. Devin, feel free to insert yourself uh, when you feel necessary. I have and no issue doing that. We will we will grind through these, and then we'll get to some NFC East profiles. But first, perhaps the biggest of all of these, like I mentioned earlier, the Chargers signed corner J.C. Jackson to a five-year, $82.5 million deal. The rich get richer. The Chargers become more scary. The AFC West becomes more fun to watch. Yes. The Raiders. Yeah. You have more to add there, Devin? Oh, um, I mean, the Chargers, you're seeing them. They're using a lot of that cap space that they had coming into this year, and they're putting it to good use, getting some some studs out there on that defense. They're shoring it up, getting ready for a Russell Wilson and Pat Mahomes led AFC West. So we shall see how that plays out, but their defense is looking pretty dang good on paper right now. Staying in the AFC West, the Raiders extend Max Crosby four years, 95 million makes him one of the highest paid defensive players of all time coming off a pro bowl year. Uh, really cool comeback story for him. Uh, he signed that extension on the two-year anniversary of him becoming sober. Um, really fun guy to watch play. Glad that he'll be sticking around in that division, chased around the Justin Herbert, the Pat Mahomes, the Russell Wilson, for sure. Um, the Giants inked Tyrod Taylor to a two-year $17 million deal. 
potential quarterback battle brewing in New York. I mean, I don't think Daniel Jones is the guy. So at I least don't he has necessarily think Daniel Jones is a guy either. We've seen him struggle um, in a lot of different ways with that offense, especially in the turnover category. He gives the ball away all the time. So I could see him and Tyrod getting the battle. I know they were also interested in Mitch Trubisky, so I wouldn't be surprised if maybe they trade out of that number five spot, trade down a couple picks to get one of these young quarterbacks or even do it early in the second round. Like I said earlier when I was talking about Pittsburgh, um, Carson Strong, Desmond Ritter, Sam Howell, they, those are the types of guys that you're looking at who – are probably going to be there in the early second round where New York is picking. So they could easily draft a guy right there to yeah, kind of we'll, get a three guy quarterback competition here. I could see it. Yeah. We'll see what direction that new head coach wants to take them. We'll talk about them a little bit more later on, but I think they realized that even if Daniel Jones is where they're going to lean, they needed somebody after him to protect from injury because Mike Glennon did not cut it last year. Um, one of my favorite moves, Russell Gage to the Bucks. Brady loves exp- like showing where talent is, and I think Russell Gage is a talented receiver, so add him to that receiver room with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, and he, I think, has every bit of the potential to be as much of a weapon in that offense as the Antonio Brown, Scotty Miller uh, has been in the past for Brady. Yeah, I mean, we saw both of those guys go off when they were on the field. We literally saw Antonio Brown go off of the field. Um, But yeah, Russell Gage can definitely fit into this offense. And with that talent around him, he's going to shine. I mean, he was really good as a third receiver on Atlanta when they had Julio Jones um, there as well. So I can easily see him being a good piece in this offense. I think he's a good fit. And I think Tom Brady is going to like having those three guys up front absolutely um we talked about it a little bit last week the pats even though they had that uh damian harris reminder stevenson backfield they love their third down back so they do re-sign james white um the ravens we did say they would probably sign one of them that's or at least true. i did this is true you were correct yeah another big move ravens signing safety marcus williams from the saints five year 70 million Making fourteen and a half million dollars a year, he got the bag. He deserves it. He's a great safety, and I'm very disappointed to see him come to the AFC. Even the AFC North, your division, but yeah, yeah I mean, worse. the Ravens' long history of good defensive back safeties, especially Ed Reed, uh, into Earl Thomas. Now Marlon Humphrey, Marcus Peters, and they just add to that, uh, keeping that defensive hard-hitting defensive secondary legacy alive. Uh, Another guy that we'll talk about a little bit more here later, but on the move is J.D. McKissick, third down back, formerly of the Washington, now commanders, uh, to the Bills. I don't know that I like this move because I think it just remuddles that Buffalo backfield, and it seems like when that backfield gets muddled, they get muddled, but maybe – they can go single ter- single Terry for the first couple downs and then switch to McKissick and get I think that's exactly there. what they're going to do. I think they view single Terry kind of like Antonio Gibson. I don't see it as much. I think JD McKissick and Antonio Gibson are super super similar, so I understand why Washington didn't necessarily want to re-sign him. Um, but yeah, Buffalo will probably put him in that third down role maybe come in for a second or a first down when they want to catch the defense off guard and send McKissick out wide or something like that. But Singletary will be the lead ball carrier in that backfield. Absolutely. Uh, Texans sign tackle Malik Collins, two-year, $17 million deal. Uh, one of the more entertaining aspects of these last couple of days, Randy Gregory pulls the old <laughs> flippity-flop on the Cowboys. Uh, the Cowboys are like, oh, yeah, we just signed Randy Gregory to a five-year, $70 million deal. And the Broncos are like, nope, joke's on you guys. We just signed Randy Gregory to a five-year, $70 million deal. Devin? Yeah. Um, <laughs> kind of funny. What do you think about it? I mean, it really sucks for Dallas, but Randy Gregory was like 
I'm going to go to a team that I think actually has potential to win a playoff game, something that Dallas hasn't been able to do in a long time. It's been like the early 90s was the last time Dallas was in the NFC Championship game. So I understand why Randy Gregory might want to go somewhere else for the next five years. Yeah, I mean, now that moves – we'll talk about the Cowboys again later, but that moves the Cowboys into the Von Miller sweepstakes. I like the idea of Von Miller and Micah Parsons on that linebacking core, but uh, Dallas's loss is Denver's gain, and uh, Randy Gregory and Bradley Chubb could be a very formidable uh, pass rush duo, and again, that's scary AFC West. Uh, the yeah. Lions uh, going out and getting – I liked this. I liked this move, Cody. Yes, I did too. They go out and get DJ Chark one year, twelve million dollars, a show me a stereotypical show me contract. Um, pair him with Amon Ross St. Brown. They also managed to re-sign uh, Khalif Raymond and Josh Reynolds. So yes. their wide receiver room is now back to being full. They add another weapon. Uh, in my opinion, a very solid one. Uh, good mm-hmm. move by them. Uh, We'll see if that helps them continue to grow and improve like we've said that they so desperately need to do. Yeah, absolutely. I think Chark is definitely one of the better lower-end wide receivers that has the ability to be a number one or a number two guy. Um, You see Juju Smith-Schuster kind of in that category, but not quite as expensive as $12 million. But, I mean, we've seen DJ Chark do it, and we can see him do it again, especially when he's got a solid wide receiver next to him and an Amon Ross St. Brown. I think those two together can make some waves and they can definitely give that shot of adrenaline to the Detroit Lions receiver room that they need. Yep. we mentioned this earlier. Michael Gallup, Dallas Cowboys, five years, $62.5 million. Uh, Cowboys trade Amari Cooper say we think that Gallup is that piece in our offense going forward uh, and pay him as such. Um, he'll definitely obviously probably play second fiddle to CD lamb, but a quality second fiddle, um, who will definitely contribute to that offense. Talk more about them later. The Panthers signing Deontay Foreman. I thought Deontay Foreman showed a lot in Derrick Henry's absence. I think this is good for them. Uh, McCaffrey is not your typical third down back. So having that power guy to throw in there on goal line situations is like a good move for them. Um, yeah. And then it'll be even like when they actually get Christian McCaffrey in there on third down and they'll, they can actually use those weird third down passing plays as what they're supposed to be instead of using them in every single situation that they have. Oh, yeah. And like potentially put them both on the field. Then what, exactly. What, 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 yeah. What, are we what are running straight do? up the middle? Or are we giving this McCaffrey outside? You don't yep. know. The Vikings worked an extension with Kirk Cousins for another year. Uh, the Bengals start their move to bolster that offensive line, get a great guard, Alex Kappa from Tampa Bay on a four-year, $40 million deal. Um, the Steelers, we talked about it earlier, Mitch Trubisky on a two-year, $14 million deal. They get James Daniels. I'm crying. I hate, it, hate to see him lead the Bears on a three-year, $26.5 million deal. Um, Devin, I know you're sitting over there happy to have one of our Hawks on. Your I stories. really am. Pittsburgh never has any Hawkeyes, so it's it's fun as a fan to see that. Plus, they're giving him three years, um, about $9 million a year. And then they also re-signed Chukuma for. So they're starting to build that offensive line up. I think they have some faith in the rookies that we have down there, and I do too. So I, I like the signing of Daniels. It just leaves us with one more hole to fill on the offensive line, and hopefully the draft can be a place where we fill that. The Bears go get defensive tackle Larry Ogunjobi on a three-year, $40.5 million deal. The Seahawks, and a good move for them, I think, re-sign Quandre Diggs, three for 40. Um, the Pack, Packers keep Devondre Campbell. A lot of Packers moves, but they needed to figure out something, so they're making their decisions. Five years, $50 million deal for Pro Bowler Devondre Campbell. Uh, the Dolphins add some pieces. This one was weird. This one was weird. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater on a one-year deal. Uh, will he compete with Tua? Will he just be the backup to Tua? We will have to see. They get Cedric Wilson. Uh, add him to that Devontae Parker, uh, Mike Gesicki, 
uh, receiving threat list on a three-year, $22 million deal. Uh, Chase Edmonds, uh, two-year, $12.6 million deal. And we talked about him a little bit last week, Manny Agba on a four-year, $65 million deal. So Miami being very active, they had the cap space to use, and they're using it. Another team that's extremely active, the Jacksonville Jaguars. They go out and sign all-pro guard Brandon Scherf to a three-year, $52.5 million deal. They sign Evan Ingram to a one-year, $10 million deal. And another one of my favorite moves, we both talked about how much we like him. They get Christian Kirk on a four-year, $84 million deal. Yeah, and they, they even added Zay, Zay Jones on a three-year, $24 million deal. So they're shoring up that receiving um, room, especially after DJ Chark walked. So we'll see. Um, Trevor Lawrence has got some targets to throw to. I really like Christian Kirk. I'm interested to see how he fits in um, down there in Jacksonville. Uh, the Bengals lose their tight end. The Jets get C.J. Uzoma, three years, $24 million. Uh, San Francisco gets Charvarius Ward from the Chiefs at corner for three years, $42 million. And the Bucks, uh execute one of their top offseason priorities and keep Carlton Davis, their corner, on a three-year, $45 million deal. And on the day that they kept Brady, uh, they went out and kept his center, Ryan Jensen, uh, on a deal as well. So even though they lost... Um, Ali Marpet to retirement, Alex Kappa to the Bengals. They trade for Shaq Mason. They bring back Ryan Jensen uh, that and keep Tristan Wirfs. Brady should have the protection that he had last year, this year, I do believe. So that is free agree. agency. It's been active. It's going to stay active. A lot of names out there. Jarvis Landry, like we said, these guys that have gotten released, Matthew, Zadarius Smith, but then still some – Wide receivers, you mentioned Juju, Allen Robinson. Um, expect yeah, there's more a fl- lot of guys. There's still some offensive linemen out there. There's a lot of lower-end defensive backs who are going to be cheaper options than the J.C. Jacksons, than the Carlton Davises of the world. So, we, I mean, we're going to have some more to talk about next week when it comes to free agency. So, keep keep tuning in. Find out what happens this next week. Um, But with that, we're going to move on to a very, very brief overview of the NFC. Yeah, so now with free agency happening, we um, that gives us a little bit less to talk about. We'll talk about what teams have done in free agency and with re-signings and whatnot, but then also what needs they still have and how they can address those in the draft. So... We're going to start those at the start the NFC East at the bottom with the New York Giants. Not a great year for the Giants last year, was it, Devin? No, it really wasn't. Um, pretty much just as bad as their brothers. To uh, actually, actually, they're in the same stadium. They don't have a direction to them. But the Jets also didn't have a good year. New York didn't have a good year in general. Giants going four and thirteen. They do have two first round picks though, and that is going to be good for them. They're going to need it. Um, We'll see. I don't think Daniel Jones is the answer. Like I said earlier, I could see them trading back in the first round with either their fifth or their seventh pick, maybe going to like where Washington's at at 12 and getting one of the top quarterbacks, either Malik Willis or Kenny Pickett. I think either of them are solid starters depending on the system that they go to. So we shall see what New York is thinking. I'm I'm guessing with the signing of Tyrod that they are just going to try and go in the year with Daniel Jones and Tyrod Taylor and let those two ba- those two dudes battle it out. Who wins that? I don't know whether or not it's good for their team. Most likely not, but it's what Coach Brian Dabble is going to do, and we're just going to sit back and watch him do it. Right, Cody? Yeah, and I mean, I think that they're in a position, especially on offense, where other than the quarterback position, they have talent that hopefully this new coach, new system, new blood can really bring out. I mean, they paid Kenny Galladay last year, and Kenny Galladay was a touchdown machine with the Lions, and he caught a grand total of zero and led the team with 521 receiving yards. Um, their rookie stud, Kadarius Tony, also had zero touchdowns and was third on the team with 420 receiving yards. 
They have Saquon Barkley, for goodness sakes, and he tied for their team lead in rushing with a whopping 593 receiving yards. Something needs to change in that offense. And, I mean, changing the head coach hopefully will help. But eventually, I think they need to probably do something at quarterback, but then also bolster that offensive line. I mean, they were 31st in points per game, 31st in yards. Um, They turned the ball over a lot. They were last um, and 31st in passing. Um, with all, with the weapons that you have, Tony, Galladay, Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, um, there's no reason that you should be 31st in passing yards. So um, get to, go get some offensive line help. Um, and, yeah, I mean, they'll also probably look at a tight end at some point. They have a lot of draft capital, so potential there yeah. with losing Ingram. Who was there? Yeah, that second and third round is going to be gold for tight ends. I could easily see them taking a tight end there. And I want to briefly go back to Daniel Jones because I was just thinking about something. Brian Dabble came from Buffalo, and we saw Josh Allen struggle in the early parts of his career, and a lot of people doubted him. But now look at Josh Allen. Everybody's touting him as one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL right now. I don't necessarily think it's going to be that big of a turnaround for Daniel Jones, but we could see a little spark of something coming with this new head coach. So don't be shocked if you see it. Um, Also, don't be shocked if you don't see it because Daniel Jones is Daniel Jones and he's going to do what Daniel Jones does, and that is fumble and throw interceptions. But yeah, I mean, he's got the potential. We'll see. Um, I'm interested to see what Brian Dabble decides to do with Jones. Um, But yeah, like you said, with those receiving guys, you should not be 31st in the league in passing yards. Um, They signed Kenny Galladay and paid him a lot of money to do what a wide receiver is supposed to do, um, mainly score touchdowns, and he didn't do that at all. But granted, your top two quarterbacks combined for 14 touchdowns and 17 interceptions. Not a good look. Yeah, I mean, their defense kind of rode middle of the pack, slightly below that, but when your offense is turning the ball over more than any other team, that puts your defense in bad spots. Not to say that they can't go out and make some moves. I know... Uh, defensive line, there's some need for them for sure. Um, but so, Devin, just as we wrap these guys here, say they don't uh, make that trade down and go for a quarterback, what do you see them doing with those two of the top seven picks in the draft? Yeah, absolutely. Um, first and foremost, I see them going offensive line, um, especially if one of the top two, Evan Neal um, or Equanu, falls to them. Granted, I don't think that will happen. But with what Jacksonville's doing, it really makes me think that they might be going towards a defensive side for the first overall pick. We're going to have to take a look at that further down the road. But if they pass on offensive line, you could see the offensive line guys fall a little bit. Um, I don't necessarily know about that. Kyle Hamilton might be there. Ahmad Gardner might be there on the defensive side for the defensive backs there. But first and foremost, I think they do have to shore up this offense and a lot of the offense revolves around the offensive lines. So I could see them taking Charles Cross there at five or seven, depending on who ends up in that sixth round pick. Cause we could see the Panthers trade out of that as well. And if the Panthers are there, I don't necessarily think they take Charles Clark, Charles Cross. I think they could probably reach for a quarterback at six. So we'll see. I like Charles Cross though for New York here. Absolutely. So with that, we'll move to the Washington Commanders. Um, already making moves and looking different than they did last year. I mean, last year they rode with Taylor Heineke, who he was okay. Um, yeah, I I really didn't mind ta- uh, Taylor Heineke. I thought he actually did an okay job. Um, and I think a lot of Washington's struggles came from that defensive side. Um, they couldn't get off the field. They were struggling so much, and they, they weren't getting the turnovers that you'd like to see. They were 21st in turnover rate on defense, and that's not what people were expecting this year, going, going into this year with Washington. They thought they were going to be one of the better defenses in the league because of what we saw in 2020, and they just didn't carry that over in 2021. Yeah, I mean, I think losing Chase Young was a big part of that for most of the year. Um but, yeah, I mean, they get Carson Wentz, who has proven himself to be a playoff quarterback. Um, 
albeit consistent when he's healthy. Big, big if if he's healthy. Um, Carson Wentz doesn't necessarily have the mobility that Heineke did. Heineke was second on their team in rushing with 313 yards, but I'm a big Antonio Gibson fan. Um, he had a, over 1,000 yards and th- added 300 more receiving, so I could see him just being every down back for them, assuming he can stay healthy and really just increasing his role this year. Uh I don't think running back is a big need. I don't think they need to replace McKissick as far as like his production goes, because I think Gibson can take the reins there. But that leads to me to wide receiver where there is a huge need for them. I mean, they have Terry McLaurin, who's great, uh, over 100 targets, over 1,000 yards, five touchdowns. But then their second leading receiver, Devin, was their backup running back, J.B. McKissick, with 397 yards. That drop-off is ginormous. It Uh, really is. But like we said, we've been saying this for the last four weeks. Wide receivers in this draft are deep, and they could get somebody in the early second round. I don't think that they should use it in the first round at number, what do they got, 11 to get a wide receiver there. I think that might be reaching, especially because, yeah, I, I just don't see the the need to reach for a wide receiver at 11. I think they have other holes to fill. I think linebacker could be one hole that they could fill with that pick. I think they could go with Devin Lloyd there. I think he would be a good fit in Washington. Um, is there, but Dev, is there potential that a, a, a key staple offensive line falls to them? Because Taylor Heineke got sacked 38 times. That's a lot of sacks. And in order for that offense to... Uh, be productive and for Carson Wentz to stay upright and stay healthy, I feel like they need offensive line help. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't necessarily see one of the big three falling, but I mean, you've got Tyler Lindenbaum out of Iowa. You've got Trevor, Trevor Penning out of you um, and I, both of those are going to be solid, solid linemen in the NFL. So the, both of those guys would be totally fine taking it 11 that is not reaching, especially when it comes to offensive line and when your quarterback is sacked almost 40 times, you'd come to think that you probably need one of those guys. So, yeah, I mean, I think Trevor Penning would be a really good offensive tackle for the Washington Commanders. Yeah, and so, I mean, I think add some offensive line, add a receiver somewhere, and let's see what Carson Wentz can do with a year. Um, they had the eighth best rushing defense, which is pretty impressive and kind of unexpected. But like you said, people had high hopes for that defense. I just think losing Chase Young and that playmaking ability and just that threat probably hindered them quite a bit. I mean, it did hinder them quite a bit. So getting mm-hmm. him back healthy is key, but also just adding some more pieces across that defense is going to be yeah. key for them. Absolutely. Forward. And now we will transition to one of the two playoff teams out of the NFC East, the Philadelphia Screaming Eagles. And why did they make the playoffs? Because they led the league in rushing. Um, Jalen Hurts, that dual-threat quarterback that they took him to be, um, had an okay year passing the ball, 61% completion percentage, 16-9 touchdown-to-interception ratio for an 87.2 QBR. Uh, Only got sacked 26 times, uh, threw for over 3,000 yards, but was also their leading rusher with 784 yards and 10 touchdowns. His problem, he fumbled the ball nine times. Um, If you're going to have a dual-threat quarterback, you would like to see him have a little bit more ball security, but I think at this point he is their guy. Uh, They do have Minshew. They had Minshew behind him, putting up a quarterback rating of over 100, so reliable Reliable backup quarterback, but Hertz is the guy. Yeah, real quick, though, I could easily see Seattle going for Gardner Minshew here. Um, Just saying, I mean, if they want to put a rookie into a QB competition, Gardner Minshew is the guy to put them in it with. Absolutely. Or did you see, Devin, did you see Tyler Lockett tweeting about how ready Colin Kaepernick is to be back (laughs) in the pros? There's there's been a couple... uh, People talking he, about 
Colin Kaepernick trying to make a comeback, still still keeping in football shape, all of this stuff. I just don't see it. I mean, he's been out of the league for what? What has it been? Five years or so? Five, six years probably since he's played. That's a long time to be out of the NFL. And then to come back and assume that you're just going to still be an average quarterback in the NFL, is that's a lot. That's a lot to, to do and accomplish, and I don't I don't see it happening. I think there's just a lot of hype, and then it's just going to keep building and building, and then nothing is going to happen. It's just going to fade into the background. Right. Um, but, yeah, Jalen Hurts leading the team in rushing with 784 yards. Miles Sanders had some injury issues but still put up 754 yards on five and a half yards per carry. Um but did not, not get into the end zone at all. I mean, part of that is you see Jalen Hurts with 10 touchdowns, and then they just had some of those more power backs. Jordan Howard had several touchdowns. Kenneth Gainwell had several touchdowns. Boston Scott had several touchdowns. Um, yeah, they don't really the, use Miles Sanders um, on the goal line down there. I think it's probably because they don't want him to get hurt because he's their first and second down back majority of the time. Right, and he added a couple hundred yards uh couple hundred yards receiving too um i think he's their guy um wide receiver i mean last year's heisman trophy winner Devonte smith leading the team and catches targets and yards with 916 uh five receiving touchdowns they re-signed dallas goddard he'll be back um could probably use another weapon though on that offense don't you think yeah, and I see them using one of their three first-round picks on a wide receiver here. Um, I really like Chris Olave out of uh, Ohio State. I think he would be a really good fit um, with Devontae Smith and Jalen Hurts there. I think that would be – you'd have two speed guys on the outside, and that would that would play very, very well in that offense, especially get get Jalen Hurts out of the pocket, scrambling a little bit, and then you got those two running routes. I think Philadelphia would be wise to take – a wide receiver in the first round, either at 15, 16, or 19. Yeah, I mean, they were 12th in points per game, 14th in yards per game, um, number one rushing, but the 25th passing offense. So I think adding a wide receiver helps that. And um, maybe a piece on that offensive line, but I don't think that's a pressing need. I mean, they have Lane Johnson. Uh, Jason Kelsey, a couple of those staples sticking around. Um, I think kind of some of the more glaring issues are on their defense. Um, yeah, absolutely. And I, and to be a hundred percent honest with you, we have their biggest positional needs is defensive end, safety, wide receiver, and I could easily see that safety also just being a defensive back in general, cornerback or safety. And they have three first-round picks, and there will be a defensive end, there will be a defensive back, and there will be a wide receiver available when they pick in that middle range. And I think they could just go boom, 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 get one of each. Absolutely. And, yeah, I mean, do you see another year of success for them? Or what? what is, what is your overall outlook on the Eagles and their ability to address needs and transition into next year? The biggest thing that I see is they need to work on the passing game. Um, I mean, you see their defense. They almost had a top 10 defense. Uh, They probably did have a top 10 defense, number 11 in passing, number 9 in rushing. The one glaring issue is that passing offense ranked 25th in the NFL. Jalen Hurts barely going over 3,000 yards. Passing, only 16 touchdowns. Like, that's got to go up. Um so that would be the biggest focus. Um, and then I think you do have another playoff-ready team. I mean, you could see this team and Dallas competing for the number one spot in the NFC East. Absolutely. And you just said it, the Dallas Cowboys. 12-5, um, and five, the return of Dak Prescott. Um, stereotypical comeback player of the year resume, if it weren't for Joe Burrow. Um but 68% completion percentage, 37 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, quarterback rating over 104, over 100, uh, almost 4,500 passing yards, a great season for Dak. Yeah, broke the Cowboys' single-season record for passing touchdowns at 37. Great feat. Um, 
outdid Tony Roma, or did he tie it? I can't remember if he broke it or tied it. I'm uh, not those, sure, but um, either but way, to be to be up there with to be up there with Romo and Roger Staubach and Troy Aikman. Uh, you, know, you got those legendary guys back there competing for that uh, top spot as a Dallas Cowboy quarterback. Dak Prescott lives up to the hype. He is a great quarterback to have. They just can't get over the hump when it comes to the playoffs, and that man, it hurts when that happens. I understand. Losing Randy Gregory doesn't help. And that's why I can see Philadelphia taking over um, the number one spot in this division. I Not that Dallas doesn't have the talent to do it. I mean, you still have great receiving weapons with C.D. Lamb um, and Michael Gallup out there. So it's still going to be a competition for whoever gets to gets that playoff home game. But let's talk about their draft picks. They... Don't pick in round seven. That's it. They have two fifth round picks, and then they've got one in each of the other rounds. Um, they pick number 24 overall, and we have their biggest positional needs as defensive back, defensive line, and tight end. Cody, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think they addressed that tight end issue when they put that tag it. on Dalton Schultz. He was their third leading receiver last year with 808 yards and found the end zone eight times. I don't mm-hmm. think they need any more weapons on offense. They got smash and dash at running back Elliott and Pollard. Uh, yep. 1,700 yards between them, both of them with good averages, fine in the end zone, uh, 20, over 2,300 total yards. Um, like you said, Cooper, uh, or not Cooper, Lamb and Gallup. Maybe add another receiver eventually, but, I mean, they had the – number one scoring offense, the number one yardage offense. Um, they did turn the ball over quite a bit. Or They had to actually, I mean, they were top 10 in fewest turnovers. So really not a lot of it needs to address on that offense. Maybe look to start re-bolstering that offensive line with some young talent. They do have. Yeah, especially after Connor Williams leaves, goes to um, Miami down there. So you, you got an offensive guard who walked in free agency. So you do have to shore that up a little bit. And like you said, um, their offensive line has not, they didn't look as good as they had in past years this year. Right. I mean, they still have Lyle Collins, Zach Martin, but those guys are getting a little bit older. Might be start, but on defense, number seventh ranked scoring defense, 19th in yards, first in turnovers. Thank you. Uh, Mr. Diggs. And Michael Parsons, but as far as yeah yardage, they were the 20th best um, passing defense and the 16th best rushing defense. They could use some help there. Um, like we said, they're in the Von Miller sweepstakes. I think that could be a good piece for them to replace Randy Gregory. And like, still he has a lot to provide right now. He's again getting a little bit older, but. Can if their goal is to compete right now, I think he can be a piece there along with Parsons um, to help that pass rush for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, I I see them going definitely defensive side of the ball in the first round. Um, I guess they could they could go offensive line. They're sitting at the back end of the first round, which is where you're seeing quite a few um, offensive linemen go, like Tyler Lindenbaum, Kenyon Green. Um, you got those kind of guys who are on the inside. Um, if Trevor Penning falls to Dallas at 24, they need to take him. That's a great offensive tackle to, to get. One of those guys up front would be a good pick. But I personally see them going defensive end here. And I think George Karlaftis out of Purdue will be available. And this guy's a game wrecker. And putting him next to Micah Parsons on the edge there would be a force that nobody really wants to go against. Plus, they're forcing the ball out early, and you got Diggs in the backfield picking the ball off literally left and right. That would be an incredible, incredible upgrade to this defense, especially after you see Randy Gregory go to uh, Denver. George Karlaftis would be a great fit in Dallas. Absolutely. I love that analysis. Um, Being an Iowa fan, we saw George this year, um, like you said, a true game wrecker. And, yeah, just – a piece that this team needs to stay stay at the top uh, to just add their abundance of talent. That it seems yeah, like and 
And if they did go with George Karlaftis there, you could actually move Micah Parsons back to his natural position at linebacker, and you could see him all over the field. And then you could even still bring him in on package blitzes. And he would, honestly, he could even have a bigger impact than he did as a rookie if he were to move back to that linebacker spot. And if you get George Karlaftis, you can do that. Absolutely. All right, Devin. Yes, sir. What do the standings of the NFC East look like? Next year, this is this is tough um, because if Washington's defense gets back to what it was in 2020, you could have the top three teams in Dallas, Philadelphia, and Washington be in any order because they could all actually be really good teams. The Giants are definitely definitely at the bottom of this division. There's no world where I see them even coming out in third in this division. I, I just don't see it happening. I don't think the Giants have the talent to do it. But I'm going to go with my gut here, and I'm going to say Washington places third because I don't think Carson Wentz can compete um, in this division. Uh, yeah, I mean, he he likes to turn the ball, ball over. He likes to try and make a play happen to a fault. He does it too much and he takes forever to actually try. And then he just throws the ball up and it gets intercepted or he fumbles it. And bad things happen when Carson Wentz try to ex- tries to extend a play. So then I've got Dallas in second. Um, I just think Philadelphia, and I, I don't, it's not, it's not any fault to Dallas. Dallas is going to be a good team. They're always usually a solid team. So no disrespect to Dallas here, but I think Philadelphia just makes better offseason moves this year and they shore up that defense even more. They get another outside wide receiver to go along with Devonta Smith. And I think Jalen Hurts takes another step into being an actual passer rather than a rusher first. And I think Philadelphia takes the crown in the NFC East. Cody, what do you got? I'm going to deviate from you largely. I think go for Uh, it. I'm going to agree that the giants just can't make enough improvements to and the first year in a new system, they'll stay in last. In third, I have the Philadelphia Eagles. Wow, okay, okay. Uh, and that is because, for me, you see these mobile quarterbacks, and it seems like they have one, maybe two, really good years. And I'm talking like primarily mobile quarterbacks, like the guys like Lamar Jackson, who had his MVP year. And then, and then fell off. I, fell I see off. where you're going with this. I see it. Kaepernick. Very similar case. He had a couple years, but same story. And I think that in a division where these defenses are going to get better, like Dallas is going to add pieces and get better. Washington will return Chase Young and be better. I think that they kind of figure him out. And I do. I love your Chris Olave pick. For them and and adding that piece, but I think that they have one of the weaker defenses, and so I see them. I'll call it now. I'll see them in third. Washington with the return of Chase Young and a breakout year by Antonio Gibson, uh, sneak into the second spot, and I think those guys will be close probably flirting that like 500 mark. But I just think Dallas has too much talent that they run away with the regular season again. Uh, It's just a question of can Dallas take that next step in the playoffs? I don't know the answer to that. I don't. We'll talk about that when the time comes. But I I think that for me, the Eagles are in third. The commanders are in second. And Dallas is in first. Okay, there you go. Two very differing opinions outside of the New York Giants because they're awful and they will not improve this year. So that puts us at our halfway mark um, it does. For, these, for these capsules. So next week we're going to take a break. Uh, we're going to have a, a, a guest for the first time since we kind of started this new season, the podcast. Really looking forward to that. Uh, so you have that to look forward to. And then after that, we will be back in these team capsules with the NFC South. Um, that was got it turned on its head with the return of Brady. But um, 
Yes. That is our that is our next step. Yeah, uh, absolutely. It's going to be a good time. Stay tuned. Uh, make sure you like, subscribe, leave us a five star review, whatever it is that you have to do um, to support us. We really appreciate it. We enjoy talking to each other about these and we enjoy that you guys are listening. So keep it up. Yeah. And we would love to talk to you. So if you do have any questions, comments, things you want us to talk about, things you disagree with us on rough the pod at gmail.com is our email. Feel free to shoot us an email and uh, we'd love to interact with you guys. Um, Absolutely. We enjoy, we enjoy, we enjoy this, these conversations and we'd love to get you guys involved in them. Um, but that said, we will see you guys next week. Uh, probably have more of that free agent fire. Uh, and you know what to do in case of a fire. Stop, drop, and keep roughing the podcast. We'll see you guys.